everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. It's good to be with you guys. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, at least for one more day, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Scott, how'd your weekend go? Overall, kind of the same as last week, where college football I absolutely crushed. Mm-hmm. I had a great college football Saturday, and then the NFL put me back in my place. Yeah. Kicked my ass. Yep. That was kind of how my weekend went. Personally, I had a ridiculously great weekend. Those drive props yeah. were phenomenal for me. But in general, for the plays I gave out, I basically broke even. But the college side was fantastic. The NFL was not. Good. You? Oh, not good. Not good. Had a... Uh... A little little below average college day, and uh, then had a horrible, horrible NFL day. Just everything, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, At least the Chiefs won. Yeah, you know we had the we had the over tease there at forty eight and a half, and uh, Chiefs with ridiculous turnovers and the football team. I don't know how many passes they dropped. Heine- it was bad. Heineke has to be so upset at those receivers. Just. Just an awful day. So yeah, we and there's another bad beat we're going to talk about. Just uh, Denver no showed. Had the had, I thought the Broncos would you know at least at least uh, play the Raiders even. I thought they would be able to uh, come away with a victory late in the game. And the Raiders. So that, that's the interesting part because the NFL, even though my plays that I've given out have not actually worked out, I've randomly been really good at just picking an underdog to win outright. Right. I don't, right. I don't know why, but that's like the fourth straight week on the NFL show. I just said, I have a hunch this random team's going to win, and they've won. Well, and I, like I told you before the show, I have a hunch that all of a sudden this Denver team isn't very good. That they... I have a hunch that Fangio went from 100% job security to zero in the span of about three weeks. Yeah, yeah. When they stop playing the Jets, Giants, and Jags yeah. and start playing teams that don't have a just sound at the beginning, uh, things get a lot tougher. So. Did you like the po- did you like the post-game quote, by the way? Somebody asked him if he was going to change up any of the assistants or the whatever, and he said absolutely not. Yeah. He's a loyal guy. He's going to be unemployed, so they're all going to get fired together. But I kind of appreciate the suicide pact he's got going with go them. down together. Mm-hmm. And... Like the Malcolm, it's like the Malcolm in the Middle meme, when they're in the golf cart and they're all going underwater at the same time. Right. Yep, yeah. absolutely true. So, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to get to. Of course, this is our Monday show, so we're going to recap a little bit of the college. We're going to talk a lot about the NFL as we speak. It's currently, uh, we're watching uh, the ninth inning of the World Series game, and this NFL... You mean the NLCS game? But... Or not World Series, yeah, NLCS, sorry. Sorry, the playoffs. And as far as the, uh, the Seahawks and Pittsburgh goes, it's tied 17-17 inside the two-minute warning. So, good times, buddy. Good times. Yep. It's, it's That game is every bit as horrific as we thought it was going to be. It's close. Like I don't think we're surprised by that because we think both quarterbacks playing are anemic. But I you thought, know, it's a close game, but it's not a good game. I thought they might I thought they might actually get below 30. So, I'm I'm kind of stunned. So, let's uh let's take a look, shall we? Let's let's get right to it cuz you know, we got we got bonuses today. We got bonus beats. We got bonus call the uh, we uh, bet the uh, not the bet the farm. We got uh, bonus rocking chairs. Bonus call the cops. We got bonus everything. It's a big jam packed episode. So no more yakking. Let's get cracking, and we'll start it off with the people who took it in the shorts. Scott. Oh yeah, it's like me. 
These are the people that thought they had a winner, thought they had a good play, had everything sussed out right, the game was going extremely well, and all of a sudden, it wasn't. It's time to call the cops. All right, so we're going to uh, get it started in the NFL. No, in the college, I'm sorry, as LSU Florida. Oh, a game that I had uh, the wrong side of. Congratulations there. We had Florida. What a complete no-show there. <sighs> Anywho, talking about still throwing interceptions. First half, under 30 and a half. You're in really good shape. 27 points with five seconds left, Scott. All you've got to do... All you got to do is keep Florida from completing a Hail Mary. They were too deep. Knock it down. Knock it down. And I guess because they're in this segment, you know exactly what happened. It wasn't even a particularly contested Hail Mary. It was pretty much pitch and catch right there in the end zone. Florida picks up the touchdown right as time expired. And if you had the first half under 30 and a half, you were five seconds away from victory. But that was no bueno. Time for you to call the cops. And looking at an underdog play, if you had Ohio, if you had Ohio money line at plus two sixty against Buffalo, led by sixteen points after three quarters, but it's Ohio and they did not win. Buffalo scored seventeen unanswered points, hit a game-winning field goal as time expired, and Ohio lost twenty-seven to twenty-six. By the way, oh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let because you're behind me, so I'll let you comment on the latest development there in the baseball game here in just a minute. Okay. Um, in the meantime, we're going to take a look at Georgia and Kentucky. <laughs> it's a game we're on the right side of. I actually, I actually had this one. That's the frustrating spot uh, part, Scott. Is you know we do uh, the Denver show. We do Michael Clark's show on ESPN Radio out of Denver. Saturday morning, I picked eight college games. I went six and two. The stuff that I really cared about, that I spent all the time on. Uh, we go three and four. Uh, no, I think the problem is you're trying too hard. That's it. That yeah, I, I literally get up and make those those picks like in 20 minutes. I go, well, what haven't I picked yet? So I go through and I go, click, click, click. Okay, let's play those. And nails, nails. So anywho, I swept the board on those. Oh, did you on your on your uh, plays that you put I took, out there? I took the two college plays that won in the joint show. So nice. it worked. I, two birds, one stone. Georgia t- minus 21 and a half playing Kentucky. Like we said, the Georgia was in good shape, led by 23 points with 11.27 left. Kentucky went on a 21-play, 75-yard drive because, you know, that's what you're looking for is a big grinded-out drive when you're down 23 points. And that resulted in a touchdown with four seconds left. By the way, Scott, they converted two separate fourth-down plays. Now, there were some questions on Twitter as Georgia wins by 17 and does not cover about whether the coach was aware of the line. Kentucky's coach. Correct. Calling t- calling timeouts, making sure that they had an opportunity to score that last touchdown. Well, in post-game interviews, when you start mentioning who's favored and who's not, I do think you know something. Sure. You know? How do you, know, how so, do you not know that? I think you should in this day and age. Absolutely. I still made the argument that you should be using it to leverage your job security if some coach wants to get rid of you and you say, well, if we're projected to get our ass kicked and yet I'm 17 and five against the spread, then technically I'm exceeding what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Dreamer. You're nothing. I think you can make that argument. If you think you're going to get fired 90% of the time, right you might as, as well just throw whatever you can and see. Right. As sticks. you're walking out the door as, as security is helping you pick up your shit. You can make that. Do you argument. know how much money I made the boosters by laying the three points against, uh, 
I don't even know against who. Against LSU the other week. Just remember, good coaches win, but great coaches cover. And stay out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bud. Uh, Oh, it's your turn. Go ahead. So looking at this one, this is the NFL. Oh, do the Cowboys Patriots. I'll do this one. Yeah, we have two for the Cowboys Patriots. I'll start off with the worst of the two beats. If you had the Cowboys Patriots first half over 24 and a half, you had a 24 points with 240 left in the second quarter. Cowboys had first and goal at the one yard line. So you just need any points of any kind, two handoffs, no game. That point you realize maybe you should sneak the damn thing with Dak Prescott. Sure. Sneaks it. His body's in the end zone. Refs call him short. I don't know how he was short on third down. Didn't we just didn't we just see this like two weeks ago? Didn't we see this same damn thing? Pretty much his body's halfway in the end zone. The refs <laughs> right. short, but they didn't even review it. They went for it on fourth down. Dak goes for the Drew Brees leap where he puts the ball over and it's a touchdown. And then the ball apparently came loose. So they reviewed it and he fumbled the ball before crossing the goal line. So the touchdown was taken off the board and the first half ended at 24. Brutal. Absol- Four shots added for one yard to win a total over and you end up losing. Absolutely brutal. Cause you know, I've got, I've got, I've got the Cowboys there, so I'm pissed. And well, well, that's going to take us into the other beat we're going to talk about in a little bit, but yes, yeah, it certainly is. All right. So this is the one, this is the one I wanted to do because it's a personal one for me. We had Minnesota Carolina as part of a teaser. We had teased it from 45 and a half up to 51 and a half and taken the under also another beat attached to it though. What's that? Oh yes. There's also another beat attached to this. This is uh but, it, but uh, Carolina, they've got the ball. Uh, first, first and ten from their own, uh, probably about their own two yard line. So in in three plays, they pick up two yards. They they run it once to be fancy, just to get out of the hole. They get two yards, two incomplete passes. So it's I'm sorry, they they went nowhere. They had it the four. They were so it's fourth and ten. That's right. They had three incomplete passes. So it's fourth and ten from their own four. Sam Darnold, Scott. I didn't think he was very good. What did you think? Hey, he was abysmal for about three and, I don't know, a quarter quarters. Yeah. Well, he dropped a dime right there over the middle. 41-yard gainer on fourth and 10 from your own five. All right, so we've still got about a minute and 20 left or so. Just stop him from going another 50 yards. Can you do that? So uh, they get another first down. Ends up being fourth and six at the 32. Again, boys, just keep him in front of you. That's all you've got to do. Darnold, again, dime, 25 yards down to the seven-yard line. Holy shit, now you know how this is going to go. And that's exactly the way it went as he was wide open in the end zone. They get the two-point conversion, they tie it. And then, and then Scott, what they do? They just went ahead and fucking lost anyway. Yeah, they lost the coin toss, and that was all she wrote. That's all she wrote. That's what. By the way, what happened to the Carolina defense? And what happened to the Minnesota offense that had put up, what, put up, what, 17 points or 24 points in the last two weeks? Cousins had one of those games again where he randomly had 370 passing yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, well, you can tell it's a Sunday, it's a Sunday afternoon game because Cousins was good. Yeah. So if By you the way, the, uh, speaking of the joint bad beat, if you're not a mm-hmm. teaser guy, Panthers team total under 23 and a half. Yep. Another one. Another one. Just absolutely brutal. Okay. Well, I got, I got the one more, which yep. is the second edition of the Patriots Cowboys game. 
If you had the Patriots plus three and a half against the Cowboys, a lot of crap went down in the final five minutes. But long story short, you ended up leading by three with two minutes to go. Cowboys ended up hitting a 49-yarder field goal to send the game into overtime. Patriots won the coin toss and punted, which means that all you have to do is keep the Cowboys out of the end zone. The Cowboys might not even want to score a touchdown. They might just kick a field goal with Zerline. Instead, play-action pass, defender, I guess, gave up on the route, and C.D. Lamb scored a touchdown. So you you sweated through that entire damn game, and you lost in overtime for the Cowboys scoring a touchdown that they probably didn't need to score. That was huge for me. It's the only game I hit, Scott. So I that had, counts. We take those. I had Dallas minus three. That was really frustrating. I took the uh, – I took – it was a premium play. I had Dallas minus a half for the first quarter. New England had scored 10 points in the first quarter in five games, and those were all against the Jets. Dallas, nice. by the way, had scored points in every quarter, 40, 45 points in five quarters, five first quarters. I'm thinking that's a lock. So they come out there. The first thing they do, they go for it on fourth and one from the, what, the 34 or whatever. Don't get it. And that's just pretty much set my whole spiral of motion. So I was but like. How, who, do you think, who do you think did a better job closing the game out, though? The Patriots secondary or Kenley Jansen? I can't even blame Jansen. He hit the ball right at him. I'm, I'm being harsh. He hit the ball right at the second baseman. Yep. It took, it took a bad hop. But, you know, whatever. Go Braves. Go Braves, baby. Go Braves. All right, Scott. Well, there was some good news out there for the weekend. If you were on the right side of these, you were in good shape, baby. You didn't have nothing to worry about at all because you were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had Virginia minus 10 and a half against Duke, luckily they weren't playing basketball because you led 34 to nothing at the half. And you won the game 48 to nothing. That's what, I believe I said earlier this year when right before Duke lost to Charlotte in the first game of the season. Are we sure Cutcliffe isn't a terrible coach? I think he's awful. You? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of hard not to make that case. That's one of my alleged hot takes that really aged perfectly over the span of about a, a month or so. By the way, 48 points. That's about what a Duke-Virginia basketball game puts up anyway. Can you believe it, though? A QB whisperer led his team to zero points? Against yeah. Virginia's defense, I'm yeah. shocked. That's that's they're the uh, they're the Kansas City Chiefs of defenses for, at the college level. So yep. So Scott, and what's one of the bigger shockers of the season? Arguably all time, if you look at FBS teams against each other. Yeah, if you had University of Louisiana Monroe plus thirty two and a half over Liberty, they never trailed by more than fourteen points. They led by 14 points after the third quarter. And after Liberty came back and had a furious comeback to tie it, Monroe kicks the game winner as time expires. Congratulations. Hell of a kick, by the way. 53? It was. It was. It's a hell of a kick for somebody at that level. You don't You don't figure those uh, Fs, uh, uh, the, the uh, group of five schools are going to have the kicking prowess that the Power Five conferences usually do. Monroe wins by three points. Holy shnikes, Scott. Plus the, uh, they were plus 3,000. Plus 3,000? Yeah. yeah. Good hit right there. What else you got? So if you got Fresno State and Wyoming under 53 and a half, you had seven points at halftime, and the game ended 17 nothing. So that's pretty easy when one team doesn't score. Uh, you know what the Cowboys are, Scott? Uh, offensively challenged. 
Yeah, not that good. Not that good at all. They almost lost to UConn a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the Ravens minus three over the Chargers. By the way, I had the Chargers in a teaser plus eight and a half. How could that not be a lock? Holy shit. That Chargers team, I think they left half the team back in L.A. because the Ravens. I heard it was a very windy day, so maybe that's why the offense was awful. But they cannot stop the run to save their lives. No, you know, I don't think they were getting. I don't think they were getting blown around as they were clogging up the lanes to stop the run. Uh, they had a bunch. Well, the Ravens had a bunch of what 2013 All Stars or Pro Bowlers who scored touchdowns in that game. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my God, number number what was it? Number seven? No, Le'Veon scored for the first time in like two years. Devonte Freeman's still in the league. What, Latavius what, Murray scored again. What weird number did Le'Veon Bell have? Like seventeen. S- seventeen. Yeah. What? It's just I don't know. But anyway, they led by eleven at halftime. They win by twenty-eight. Chargers complete no show. Just an, a dreadful game by LA. If you had the Ravens minus three, congratulations. You were sitting in the rocket chair. And the last one, if you had the Rams minus seven and a half against the Giants, you led by 25 at the half. Oh, the other half of and my you won teaser. 27. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other half of my teaser. Of course, it, of course it cashed. No, well, you lose one, you know the other one's sweat free. It's a lock. Lock. Uh, there you go. Seattle walks it off. That's not a walk off. They're going to overtime. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my camera's in front of the other Give side. Give me fantasy I- points. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, that is my fantasy. That is my fantasy hicker. Sorry, I had the camera in front of the other side. All good. All right. Well, let's find out. Oh man, we had so many. We had so many for these next two. We had to really sort it up, and we're going to have an honorable mention, um, uh, for for this next one. But this one, you got to go deep because we don't always just. We're, we're not always skimming the surface. We're. It's also. It's also one that you can't gamble on. But we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, you're putting on your scuba gear. You're diving deep, and that's exactly what we did for this one. Let's find out who's wearing the golden feed bag, who indeed is the donkey of the day. Can I do this one? You certainly can, sir. Cool. So I wanted to do this one because it involves a college in the state that I went to university at. However, it wasn't the Wisconsin Badgers. Instead, it was UW-Platteville in d3 college football do you know where platinum is uh it's in wisconsin that's all i got okay anyway uh you had quarterback colin shoots i believe is how it's pronounced sure. and he was in quite a rivalry game and he's a senior by the way so he has a lot of experience and to set up the situation platteville was down one with about five seconds to go who were they playing scott they were playing against uh lacrosse i think was it lacrosse i think uw lacrosse yeah i think okay but anyway point is it was a rivalry game and they're well within field goal range they have no timeouts so my question for you is running clock first down you're in field goal range what do you do it's right before halftime by the way no it's right before the end of the game no that was first half that was not first half it was first half that was first half yeah really yeah First half. It's a high-scoring first half. Final, yeah, it was, it was 17-16. Or 17-17. Uh, it was like 20-something, like 20 20-something. No. Are you sure? 100%. No. I thought I'm, like 90%, I'm like 90% sure that I lost in the game. I thought that was half. Anyway, so tell us tell us what happened, and I'm going ha- to have the uh, – I'll have the correct information by the time you're done. I'm, I believe the score was 26-25 or 27-26. But anyway, point is that they're supposed to spike the ball, set up the field goal, win the game the senior quarterback instead of spiking the ball accidentally took a knee and the clock ran out 
and his team lost by one. So instead of spiking the ball, he lost his team the game. Now, I know that there's a lot of pressure, and I know that you might not be – maybe Platteville's an awful team and you're not used to actually winning games, but do you think you'd ever make that mistake of accidentally taking a knee instead of spiking the ball? That happened to Kirk Cousins a couple of years ago. I don't know how that would ever happen to somebody. The other thing is, I think that the uh, – I think this school, this Platteville school, I think it's like an A&T school, like an, like a, 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 like an engineering school. So you should have like extra smart people going there is what I'm saying. They played against lacrosse, by the way. Yeah, I I know. Um, Yeah, nine seconds left on the clock. That was the end of the game. They lost 24-23. Right, right. You're right. I thought, I thought, I for some reason that was first half, but yeah, you're right. I said 26-25, whatever. They lost by one point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was to, that was to end the game. So yeah, it's even worse than I thought, because I thought that was a halftime thing. But yeah, it yeah. it was brutal. That was absolutely. I, I know that he's a D three guy, and we're digging deep because it's not really gambling related because you can't really gamble on D three. But you really took a knee instead of spiking the ball with five seconds left against a rivalry. I wish we had. I, I wish we had. You know, we could. I wish we had that tape to show. I wish we had access to the tape to show. I I know where it is, but I can't show it. No, on here. you can't do that. So just look it up. You'll find it. Do you have an honorary donkey of the day by any chance, Scott? I do. No, it actually comes from the Sunday night game. You have a very outspoken safety who has been given a huge contract. Shout out to the Jets for fleecing the Seahawks. I like this better than roasting an 18-year-old kid, by the way, or 19, whatever he is. You just rarely see that Neil situation. No, you don't. But anyway, Jamal Adams has had, let's just say, a rocky time so far in Seattle, mostly because he's a safety who can't cover anybody. Anyway, During the pregame intros, they always have the players come out and they're supposed to say their school. Nowadays, they kind of just say random gibberish at this point. But Jamal Adams came out and instead of saying LSU, he said best in the nation, referring to himself. The ironic part was that underneath his name, his pro football focus ranking was listed and he ranks 65th out of 84. So he's not even close to being half as good as the average safety. Not exactly an ideal stance to take. Not even not even top 50 in the nation. Yeah, not even top 50 in the nation. <laughs> that's just brutal. In Zimbabwe, maybe? That's absolutely... Russia? I don't, I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. If you're going to say best in the nation, at least be top 10. Be the top half? How about top half. Top half, yeah. Anything. Top fifty percentile. We're not asking for much. And I know, I know that the, the the PFF grades aren't always the the bible. They're not always the end all be all. You know, but... even I test though. He has not had a good year. No, all. you can't call him one of the best safeties out there. It's just it's not possible. He's one of the best pass rushing safeties. So maybe yeah. the first ever. Yeah. We... Besides Paul Amalu, every like three times every game. That was basically. But all Paul played sideline to sideline. I... He, he was, like a, was one of the best safeties of all time, but I'm saying he was, I guess, the first kind of half blitzing safety. Well, I mean, he that was all improv. Paul Amalo, yeah, he wasn't a, he wasn't a cover guy either, but yeah. he played like a hybrid linebacker kind of position, pretty much. Yeah. So, all right, so let's find out who had to who had to shake their head and just roll their eyes, Scott, because you know the drill. Um, you're not mad. You just you're just disappointed. Did you watch this live, by the way? 
Because I actually was. I, I saw did, the whole thing. I, no, dude. I was on. I was in various cars and stadiums seeing shitty football. Because the game ended like after midnight or 1 a.m. Eastern time. So I actually wasn't sure if you got back in time for the end. Um, no, no, okay. I would, I would, I probably was, but I would had enough football at that point. I'd, I'd gotten, okay. I'd gotten hammered on my bets and I just, I'd seen, for those of you that didn't know, I, I went to see Mizzou play and they got, you, run- won, you won your bet at the Mizzou game though. I did. I had, I had, uh, um, you, you had A&M. I had A&M, but I did not. I also had, I also had the, the over in that game. Okay. That game died. It did. They were sitting 31 at halftime. I'm in great shape and. Some of the worst play calling, I don't know if you watched that game, but some of the worst, most conservative play calling by Drinkwitz I've, I've ever seen. Just I watched the first half, and I was done after that. And no sense of urgency, running no uh, kind of speed options, and not, they're, not, they're not picking up the pace, running the football. Third and eight from, from their own 15, they run the football. But surprisingly, though, the play calling wasn't the most painful thing that the SEC had to experience. No, the weekend. no, this is the this is the Tennessee Ole Miss game, and this got ugly, Scott. As Tennessee fans, they were throwing objects onto the field after a quote unquote blown call in the fourth quarter against Ole Miss. It wasn't a blown call, by the way. Yeah, he that's short. That's why he said quote unquote. But yeah, in, in short. the game the game was delayed for for twenty minutes as they blew their freaking rocky top. Can we say they're that? also hitting their own cheerleaders? Yeah, that's they don't. Uh, it's, it's wrong for so so for on so many levels. Um, they ended I, up continuing the game. It ended in pure Tennessee fashion, where Tennessee's quarterback, with no time left, ran out of bounds instead of throwing it to the end zone, which was hilarious to me. You know, there's anyway, and there's a good case for donkey of the day as well. That's a good one too. But the point is that Tennessee as a whole, the fans, they threw a golf ball at, uh, that ended up grazing Lane Kiffin or not, but. You're throwing mustard bottles. You're throwing golf balls onto the stadium. You're hitting your cheerleaders. Titleist, hang on. Titleist four? Uh, it might have been a Titleist three. <laughs> but it, I, it was just a really, really abysmal showing by the fans there. I get you're passionate. I get you think that your team was robbed. No. You weren't even robbed. You were actually short. But still, you can't start throwing stuff on the field and tr- and hitting people. No. That's – no. I, I, you that know was what? classless. And I expect Tennessee to get fined. I expect them to probably play their next home game with no fans. You? No, nothing like that will happen. They will. They I'm will get. I'm actually get curious fun. what the punishment would be for that. How big is the fine? How big is the fine? What do you think? I, Six digits? I don't even know that they that they find schools like that. Uh, I believe you do. I can you can you think of one example that's happened? I want to say yes, but I can't think of the drop of a hat. I but know they you. usually they find teams for storming. They find yeah. programs for storming the field. This is worse. Yeah, yeah, but there's a. Of course, there's like a code there, but I'm just. Well, saying, there's a physical think... damage because you're tearing up the field. So you're actually there's a price tag you can attach to it, and they have to pay for the damage to the turf. So I'm. I Man, don't still. I don't know, but I think they should. I uh, think they should be fined six digits, and I do think if it was possible, limited capacity at the next home game. Can you? I don't know, you can't realistically do that, but I do think that would have merit. With like, all the cameras, with all the cameras in the stadium, Scott, I would think you should be able to identify a fair number of people throwing stuff. That's the thing, though, is that once a couple people do it, oh, it's a I full-on know. mob mentality. I know there was a ton of debris coming from a lot of different places in the stadium. Is it one of those games where you like you see them like throw shit, and you're like, how did that even come into the stadium? 
Well, that was the mustard and the golf ball. Who brings a sex doll? What in the world? I was wondering who brought a golf ball to a to an actual game. The mustard can. My dad mentioned a good point. He thought maybe they just stole it from one of the concession stands and they just chucked the mustard onto the field. The golf ball threw me for a loop. Right. That one really threw me for a loop. But yeah, they threw a bunch of stuff at him. Huh. They threw stuff at Kiffin when he was walking off the actual stadium. Hitting with a golf. Very ball. nice one-handed grab on that water bottle, by the way. Oh, but they hit him in the head with a golf ball, right? Uh, that yeah, hit him in the chest. But did you see him walking off the field? Uh-uh. Somebody threw a water bottle at him while he was surrounded by security, and Kiffin Odell'd that. Nice one hand snag the water bottle. It was really impressive athleticism. But yeah, uh, really colossal showing by the fans. We had to bring it up. Yeah, had had to bring it up. I I would love to see some kind of penalties in place there. I just don't know. Make sure you penalize the right people. It's uh, yeah. it's ridiculous showing from Rocky Top. I agree. Um, I ever tell you my story about going to the spring game, Tennessee? A spring game? Oh yeah. boy, we're no, working, we're, I did not hear that story. We're, we're working. We're working a gig there. We're not at the game. We're working a gig. Okay. We're working a gig in Knoxville. The guy that I'm working with, we're at a IHOP after the game. Stand up comedy or band yeah. related? No, uh, stand okay. stand up comedy. And we're it's inundated. The game the game ends as we're in IHOP. It's run. It's overrun by fans. So there's a um kind of a chunky lady about 45 50 okay wearing a short white mini skirt and a orange tube top okay she sits down <clears throat> across from us i have a direct spot and i and i and i see her sit down and before i can look away her skirt hikes up and i will say that a certain part of her anatomy okay the hair that adorns that part of her anatomy was painted orange on one side and white on the other, Scott. Okay. That's fans. That's fans right there, buddy. That That's is, commitment right there. That is passion that I do not possess for probably anything in my life. So congratulations, Rocky Top. You've you've shown your true colors <clears throat> once again. If you need if it's the International House of Pancakes, do you need your passport? <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. I, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever made that joke. I just thought of that in my head. That sounds like pretty good Stephen Wright material. That's uh, not bad at all. Um, Thank you. All right. I'll, I'll write that down for the mental log. <laughs> all right. So moving on, let's find out. And there was a there was a few questionable lines over the weekend, but there was uh, one that we certainly have our eye on right here, Scott. It happens. You know, the odds makers, they like to kick back too. They can't get everything right. Every once in a while, the odds makers, they get it wrong. And we go, are you drunk? And I think that's one of these cases right now. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this Absolutely. one. Absolutely. After so all, yeah, you fo- an, follow that story, buddy. This involves an FCS game, which I'm sure nobody knew was actually going on because why would anyone care? But Fordham was taking on Bucknell, and the total in that game was 45 and a half. And the reason why it was so low is because Bucknell, I believe, had not scored in the entire season leading up to this game. But Bucknell, pretty good offensive team. So you get into I'm sorry, did you, did you just say the team that hadn't scored was a pretty good offensive team? I was being sarcastic. I'm oh, Fordham okay. Was, Fordham's good offensively. Bucknell really makes the other team look good offensively. <laughs> All right. That way. But anyway, you had 59 points at the half. Fordham finished the game with 66 points. And the final total was 87 
You almost mm. doubled the total. Missed it. By, by the way, actually scored four, uh, scored two touchdowns. I'm proud of them. They actually scored. Yeah, impressive. I don't remember if it was actually two or three. I think they might have actually scored three. I think it was 66-21. Yeah, it had to have been. But anyway, Fordham scored 66 points, 59 at the half for both teams. Total was 45 and a half. That's really bad. That is really, really not good at all, my friend. Not good. Um, you know, and by the way, picked the wrong weekend to stop sniffing glue. Got off, got off a Presbyterian because Davidson, terrible football team. That's what I thought. They were three and one. And yeah, they were three and one. But they, but two of the victories were they over. Anybody were absolute shite schools. And then they yeah. beat Stetson by seven. We talked about how bad Stetson mm-hmm. was. But they played Presbyterian. Blew them up, 70 to 35. Once again, the total goes, what, 105? It had dropped down to 80 and change. Or was it even in the 70s for this one? I want to say it was either 80 flat or it was like 75 and a half. And of course, you know, the line was 13 13 and a half to 17 and a half. I advised all my clients. I'm like, you know what? If you want to play it, you can. I just think this could be a problem. I think Presbyterian might be figuring it out. Yeah, they ain't figuring nothing out. Don't fix what isn't broken. Don't fix what isn't broken. Don't try to be too fucking smart because that's exactly what happened. So, yeah. Anyway, hope you hope everybody ignored my advice. Played Presbyterian. Played against Presbyterian anyway. All right. So, as far as Survivor goes, little Eye of the Tiger. Not a lot of not a lot of action. Some of you might have gotten sneaky taking the Dolphins against the Jags. Figure it's the Jags. They've lost twenty straight. Got you got to fade them, right, Scott? We're going to get into the Dolphins game in a second, but it was a battle of which coach could make the dumber decisions down the stretch. Yeah, it was classic. And, of course, if you had the Broncos, thought that might have been a good spot with Gruden being out. You got turmoil, had some injuries on the defensive side. None of that matters as the Raiders blew them out, so you might have been getting sneaky with the Broncos there. Other but if than, you really had anything, you probably advanced. Other than that, most of the favorites won. You know, you could have, you could have taken a hit with Dallas. There might have been some people playing Dallas against New England. Then you could say if you took a what a, one of the favorites. No, like everybody won. Yeah. <laughs> besides those two. Yep, pretty much. All right. So now it's time to do our thing. We just take a look around, Scott, and find out who should be freaking out and who should be chilling out. It's freak out or chill out. So I'm gonna start it off now. Like you mentioned, we talk about this Jacksonville Miami game, Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins. Last year's darling, Scott. He had the Dolphins in there, a little ahead of schedule. Very fine season. And now He's got problems. So people that uh, are Brian Flores haters, should they be freaking out or chilling out? Is it time for a change in the guard? The change is a bit excessive because I think we would both agree Tua, despite playing pretty well yesterday, is not the guy. The entire defense is just decimated. You're missing your top two corners. You're paying a bunch of money. So Miami's nowhere near where they usually are in terms of health. They're also missing Williams. They're missing Devontae Parker. They're missing a bunch of guys. Right. I can't get past the decision-making by Flores down the stretch, especially for somebody who's a Belichick disciple. I don't know what the hell was happening down the stretch. He burned two challenges, which resulted in two lost timeouts in the span of 30 seconds with about six minutes to go in the game. And on top of that, it's fourth and inches. You're at your own 45. And there's like, I don't know, two, three minutes left in regulation two minutes or so yeah you have Jacoby Brissett who even if you don't exactly like as a quarterback he's a huge human being Mm -hmm. he's what six five six six and he's not known as a running quarterback but that's neither is Brady that's not what you need you don't need a running quarterback you need an inch you need a leaning quarterback 
And instead of just going with the jumbo package with your backup quarterback, who has proven time and time again with the sneak, he's pretty good. Instead, you go shotgun handoff with Tua. And of course, Malcolm Brown gets stuff because you have to gain extra three yards because you're in shotgun. Right. Jaguars end up going down the down, going down. They won the game. But I don't know how you can be a Belichick guy and make these stupid decisions down the stretch. You also didn't cover the slant pass on th- on fourth and eight, which let the Jaguars get a first down to to kick the game winning field goal. Yep. They just butchered the entire game. Horrific. Horrific, Scott. Urban Meyer sucked too, but I mean it was really Meyer making all the mistakes and then Flores just decided I'm like three behind in the error category. I got to catch up. And he just made about four terrible choices within the last five minutes of the football game that really cost it his team again. Yep. Absolutely. Awful. Um, if you saw the Dallas game against new England, new England put up a pretty good fight there, Scott McCarthy's a moron. We already knew that. Uh, I swear to God when it's, when it's, when it's fourth and short, he just flips a coin. I don't really think he has. How do you go for it on fourth and one at your own 30, but you settle for a 53-yard field goal on fourth and inches with three minutes to go? You get one first down, the game's basically over because you can at least drain the entire clock. Right. And he kicked it. And, of course, Zerline missed. Now, Zerline, to his credit, did respond and made the 49-yarder, which I hated that fourth and one decision too, but – I don't know what the hell he's doing. No. But they won the game, so screw it. Yeah, yeah. To start the game, he goes for him at his own 30. And again, that was huge for us because we had the Cowboys in the first quarter. And you can't you can't make up that kind of deficit, especially when you can't cover. What what in the hell was up with the Cowboys defense for the first well, two and a half quarters or so? You mean because Mac Jones was like seven for seven at the half? Yeah. Yeah. The Patriots it, ran what, 17 plays in the entire first half and they were winning? No, it was the other way around. Dallas didn't run shit. No. Was uh, I'm, te- I'm telling you, you're wrong. That huh? Dallas ran like 40 more plays than New England. It, it wasn't close. New England really had the ball for like maybe 10 minutes in the entire first half. Well, they just... It, it was actually insane. They just went down the field at will. Pretty much. That was, that was the problem. And, you know, that's one of those things. You talk about time of possession, and sometimes it matters, and sometimes it doesn't. And you've got to look deeper. You can't just say, you can't just draw a single conclusion from time of possession. No, but I was just going by the, by the number of plays you expect to be leading at the half. Yeah, that's if right. You run we, that many more plays. Cause that's right. We looked that up. The, uh, they were, uh, they were averaging, uh, Dallas is averaging like five points, three yards of play, which is fine. But New England, yeah. Was and yet seven, you still seven, kicked it twice on fourth and one, you're averaging nine. six yards of play. So are they a serious Super Bowl contender? That victory mean anything to you? It actually does. Now, New England is a team that I don't think is very good. I think Mac Jones has promised. I think that that team isn't as bad as it was last year because they got a lot of guys back. But the thing about this Dallas team, maybe I'm just comparing it to how awful this team's played in the last couple of years. They would never win this game in Foxborough, like ever. And they found a way to win it. Now, I know in previous years they were against Brady, different animal. I understand that point. But everything was looking like a typical Dallas loss the heartbreaking road game where you outplay the opponent the entire way and you still invent ways to lose games. That's exactly what happened. Third and 25 for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the final driver regulation, which you just think, all right, this is how it's going to go. Cowboys won the game. 
I got to give it to them. They showed a lot of resolve in a very hostile environment. And you can make an argument that the Cowboys deserve to lose the game. Didn't play well. Why am I impressed? Tampa did the same thing. Tampa probably should have lost to New England too. So yeah, they did their thing. They won the game. It was hideous. But I think you would agree with me based on previous years, the Cowboys rarely win a game with that many things going wrong. Yeah, no, they, uh, they really, they were able to rally there. I was, I was surprised we cashed that ticket. I got to be honest. So last but not least, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of, is this like the San Francisco giants? This team's going to go undefeated the, the entire season. We're going, you think Arizona is any good? So they go to Cleveland, Arizona. Blows them Smack out. Smack the crap out of them. 37-14. It was really seven because you had the Hail Mary touchdown at the end of the first half. Yep. Yep. Absolutely true. Baker Mayfield, not his best day. 19 for 28, 234, two, two TDs, one pick. Took five sacks for 23 yards, Scott. He was under duress for much of this game. Can Cleveland... Is it is it time for Cleveland Browns fans to freak out or chill out about having Baker Mayfield leading their team? Can this guy take them to the promised land, or is it fool's gold and they have to look at making a move in the quarterback direction? So first of all, I'm going to address it. In Baker's defense of being sacked five times, they were missing two really good offensive linemen Yes, in this game. So I'm going to throw that out there that's worth mentioning. Having said that, I don't think Baker's very good. And I, I'm the one who put this on the list because I thought it was worth talking about. Baker, as a number one pick, we thought would be, first of all, he was a little bit of a reach when he was originally drafted. And so far, he hasn't been a bust, but I think people expected a little bit more out of him. And I think that he's okay. I think he's a mediocre NFL quarterback. I don't think he stinks or anything, but he's the kind of guy who strikes me as the quarterback who needs a really, really good supporting cast in order to be successful. And I think as of right now, I don't know what the other alternatives would be, but I do think he's one of the weaker links on this team because this Browns team from top to bottom is a really deep roster. You? Yeah, I, I agree. They, uh, of course, they don't have much talent on the roster yeah. right now. They've got Case Keenum, so... I'm just oh, on the talent. Yeah. From the quarterback perspective there, we're just bringing it up because people might say we're harsh. He was a number one overall pick. So I think we have the right to be harsh about it. Yeah. When you're a one, one, that's a special, that's a special tag you wear. That is a special level of expectation. You're, you're feeling it with Trevor Lawrence this season and Baker. Mayfield. In his defense, he's better than Jared Goff. I'll put it that way. But the, the only thing else I'll say about it is that I think Baker is okay, but when you're making the same mistakes or you're just not improving, year after year, and I believe Baker's in what, year like four? Year four, five. Scott. He's looked like the same guy, hasn't he? It doesn't seem to be a ton of improvement. I agree. So here, so I, I think at some point, I don't know when you cut the cord, but if you get a shot at some free agent, some guy who might be available at some point, I do think you should field some offers. You? Yeah, I agree. So here's... He's due $18 million next year. Which is not terrible compared to other quarterback contracts. It's, no, it's the last year of his deal, and they prorate the signing bonus into it and everything. So it's 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 funky cap math. But, but how much money do you think he's going to want with the new contract? That's the question. That's the question, because these guys are getting 
and he's a former number one pick, which you know his agent's going to factor in. Mm-hmm. So if he asks for 30-something million dollars, which I'm sure he's going to ask for, you might hang up the phone on him, but that's what he's going to ask for. What's the ceiling you'd pay Mayfield? Because I'd probably pay him, I don't even know, like 20? 20, 20, 25, I would think. Um, yeah, I, I think he's fine, but I don't think he's really a, a ceiling raiser. I think he's a decent floor quarterback, but if you're competing for a Super Bowl, I think you need to do better. But here's the thing with that defense, with their with their running back situation the way it is, the window is now. Yeah. The window's not three years from now when we get another quarterback and get him up to speed. That window is closing or will be closed in three years. So you've almost got to figure out something to do with him, right? I think you have to try, but at some point you got to just look in the mirror and say maybe after this season, maybe after next season, as you said, the time is now. And if you're relying on the defense and everything like that, you can't have a quarterback who makes a lot of mistakes in the pocket as a somewhat of a gunslinger, which is what I'll call Mayfield. I just think the issue is that he doesn't have enough arm talent to get away with the throws that he thinks that he can get rid of. He thinks he's Favre, and his arm talent is just nowhere near the same level as Favre. So let me ask you this. Do you agree with that comparison? Yeah. He has a lot of throws where I feel like this is a throw Brett Favre would try to make. He's got he he's got a uh, he's got a million dollar brain, a thousand dollar arm, basically. He's got a he's got a lot of confidence, but I don't think he's got the facilities to actually pull it off. Okay, so Kirk Cousins makes thirty one million, Matt Ryan makes twenty six million, Garoppolo makes twenty six million. So if yeah, you're the Garoppolo contracts disastrous. If you're so Baker we, Mayfield's agent, can you make a case that you deserve the same amount of money as those guys? I think you can make a case because you were a former number one pick. I wouldn't pay him that. But, I mean, based but, based on who's getting that money right now, today. I think Kirk Cousins is better than Baker Mayfield. Do you? I do. How much better do you think he is? You about think he's $10 five, million, million a year better? About, I'd say, five, six million. Really? Okay. Give or take. Right. Cousins had a very good year. I know he's ha- he always has these terrible moments, mm-hmm. and he always you know seems to fall short in some situations. So does Baker. You can really make the case about both, but Cousins – can put up these huge stat line games. You know what? When you're missing your best running back and two of your offensive linemen and you're playing... And Hunt also died halfway through the game. They were he, missing a bunch They of lost guys. him in the what? The third quarter? It was bad. Yeah. So Arizona had no head coach who was missing Chandler Jones, but it was still bad. I'm not but, saying your take is wrong. I'm just saying this may not be... The, I'm being harsh. ...the best opportunity to... Uh, I'm being very, very harsh. Yeah. But I do think as a number one pick from the past you need to try to raise your team's potential a lot more than Baker has in the past couple of years. Yep. Which I think is a fair statement. Yep. Agreed. All right. So let's take a look at this. And I can't even remember all the stats on this. Let's find out. This is a heartbreaker for me personally. Scott. I had to do it. Get ready to blow the trumpets. We're going to find out who today's gambling hero was. I actually misspoke. It's this weekend's, not uh, not yesterday's. But this is going to be again a little a little close a little close to my heart as uh, LSU running back uh, Terion Davis Price school record two hundred and eighty seven yards. You would figure uh, who would you figure might have the school record? Maybe Alaire. Hmm. Figured Fournette. Fournette. Another, another good guess. Yeah. No. 287 yards, three touchdowns. LSU pulls off the upset over Florida at plus 375. We had Florida to cover that number. Florida been very good against the rush. 
while LSU had done less than nothing on the ground, Scott. This came out of nowhere. So just a, a fantastic day for Davis Price. Horrible day for everybody that thought they knew something. Yeah, my guess would have been Fournette. You maybe could have went with the sleeper guess and chose a Darius Geis if you wanted to go for Ooh, one of those. Look at you. Well, he got thrown out of the league for domestic violence, but he was a good college running back. But yeah. still, uh, yeah, uh, he was fantastic. It seemed like every time you looked up, he was open 20 yards downfield. Unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. Just horrible. And that's what he thought Florida was going to do in the game because Florida's averaging like 300 rushing yards a game. Yeah. Yeah. Just made no sense at all. Just up is down, down is up. That's the way my whole weekend was. You know, sometimes, man, you have those weekends and you're like, you can't miss anything. Everything you put down, it's absolutely correct, 100%. Well, that was me with drive props, but nobody cares about that. No, because we don't have them. We can't get I know. them. You and your, you and your little rinky-dink fucking back alley operation that you're part of. It's not my back alley operation. Whatever. It's whatever the hell these, these other people in charge are running, but I appreciate well, it. Just remember, we're not doing this show just for you and me. Other people see this, so be careful. All right, buddy. Let's do it. Let's 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 come up with a play, shall we? We've we've put our heads together. We've we've taken a look at the numbers. We've absolutely uh, have an opportunity here. Well, this actually, is... before we fully get into that, yes, something we got to talk about the other base. We got to talk about the other baseball game. I don't want to talk about that. You want to talk about anything? Now, nah, go ahead. What do you what do you got? We I was got... gonna say you got the Houston Boston game three, mm-hmm. and each of the first two games, I feel like Boston's kind of dominated about. I don't even know, like sixteen of the eighteen innings in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it's 1-1. Yeah, that's about right. So do you think there's automatically value on Boston just based on how they've looked in comparison to Houston so far in the series? Or do you just think they're going – I mean, plus they're going to Fenway, which also helps. Or do you just think Houston's a better team? Take the plus money with their Keedy. Over, over, over. Total's at nine. So over. it seems like they're starting to adjust to these offenses, which what was we did. What was it before, eight and a half? It was about eight and a half or nine, depending on where you shop around. Okay, so we're going to Fenway, and they raised it half a run? Uh, Full run. It was eight flat and minute made. Uh, I saw some eight and a half out there, but anyway. It might, it might have been for game two, but game one was eight. No, I was but talking about game two. Do you want to lay juice with Eduardo? I don't. No, this is, this is I'm ride or, I'm ride or die with the Astros here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox played very good baseball, but I, I just can't believe that that Boston bullpen isn't going to come up and jump jump up and bite him in the ass. That's fair. I'm going to go with Boston in this one. Really? Uh, yeah, for me, I just think Boston at home, I think they'll take game three. I think it's going to be a war of a series. I could see this going seven. Yeah. So I think you'll see them be tied two to two. I'll tell you what, whichever team loses this game, I'd bet on to win game four. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't see a 3-1 situation. Do you? I think this is going to be a really, really tight series throughout. I agree. I, I think that's exactly the way it's going to go down. So, for the record, it's uh, Boston's small favorite here, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, minus 118, minus 112. Uh, DraftKings has it minus 125. So, there's your there's your Astros price if you want to play the Astros. Um, and we're starting to see we're starting to see some over money creep in scott this is a juice nine right now i'm not taking the under when the red sox hit two grand slams in two innings right we're even seeing some nine and a nine and a half of course the astros hit a grand slam in game one so yep uh over over for me buddy over over for me a small lean to houston astros i am really curious how short the leash is going to be on these starting pitchers you Uh, might want to look at some strikeout unders because i think we can agree that with the day off yesterday 
both bullpens might be full send if the starters don't have it. Yeah, and you've got you've got a situation where I think these guys are going to have a pretty uh, shorter than usual leech because you had an off day. Well, it's a huge game. I mean, you're tied 1-1, game three. It's not as important as game seven, of course. Well, but, but what I'm saying is everybody should be available after an off day. I'm saying they should all be available. And in addition to that, it's a game where you really do want to go up 2-1. Like, it's a, it's a huge difference being up 2-1 compared to down 2-1. Yep, absolutely true. So, and especially yeah. if you're the Astros because you've got you've got three games in Boston. So you've, got to, you've, got to, you've really got to win at least one of those. You've Right. I'm trying to remember if it goes two three two or it's just two two uh one one one. Uh, pretty sure, pretty sure NLCS playoffs and I mean the uh, the LS playoffs and the World Series are two three two. Um, I will check, but the, either way, point is that you're in Fenway. There's a chance you potentially go down three one, which is not fun for anybody. You need to win one of these two games. Yeah, you really, you really do. No, no question, no question about it. Uh, yeah, it's two. It's uh, they play three in a row in Boston. They play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Boston. Well, that's also important because that means you really, really need to win one of these games because you're yeah, otherwise go, it's over. Yeah, um, you're not going to go home if you don't. So. No, that's. But I mean, you've you you've literally. I mean, you have to give yourself. Obviously, you have to win one to stay alive, but you've got to have an opportunity to go back and, and win it. So if you win that first one, that'd be a nice one to get under your belt. And I want to ask though, do you off. think Boston is minus one twenty five? If they win game two, four to three, instead of being up nine nothing after two innings, no, I don't either. I think it's an exaggeration. I'm taking Boston. I think they're going to win the game, but I do think that this line is an overreaction to what happened in game two. Yep, absolutely, absolutely true. And it's really you have to be careful not to cap baseball in the last game because it means yeah. almost nothing. Pretty much, especially with the day off in between. All right, so now you ready? Yeah, let's do it. I've, we had to talk about the baseball game. I just yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, by the way, while we were making this, the Braves walked it off. So Braves walked it off, and the Steelers won. Yeah. So I I don't know. Again, I I didn't really have a dog in that fight with the either one of those plays. Are you surprised Gino got strip sacked inside his own twenty yard line to lose the game? Classic, classic, classic. Gino. Thank you for the for the draft pick, Seattle. Mm, I appreciate it. Beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, we have put our heads together, Scott. We have come up with a, a football play for today, and is one that we're kind of fond of. Got to be honest with you. Let's find out what it is, folks. Get ready. Put on those overalls. Climb on your John Deere. Fire that bad boy up. And get ready to bet the farm. All right, Scott. I know that we had a farm play on Friday night. I know it's been, I know it's been a while, but how did we do? We had game one of the ALCS Red Sox Astros over eight runs and it landed nine. Hey, you know how we talk about uh, having those overs when it's a uh, odd number like that because you can get the 4-4 automatic win or push? I mean the even numbers. Or the even or even numbers, yeah. rather. Yes, that's exactly what happened there. It was 4-4 automatic winner. Thank you very much. <laughs> There you go. That is our Bet the Farm winner. So we are on a roll. Who is it? You or me? Uh, I believe it's me. All right. There you go, my friend. Take it away. Anyway, for this one, we're looking at Monday Night Football because we didn't forget there's an NFL game on tomorrow. Oh, no. Keep that in mind. Uh, We're doing Buffalo team total over 30 and a half at minus 105 on Bet MGM. Against the Titans, by the way. 
against the Titans, yes. Bills, numero uno in scoring. And they're averaging 39 points per game in their last four after the loss to Pittsburgh in week one. Now, looking at everything else, they've scored at least 34 po- 35 points in each of those four games. Tennessee, defense, not good. Uh, that was the case last year. It's also the case this year. Ranked 24th in scoring defense, but that's already bad. They've also played against the Jaguars and the Jets. So against awful competition, they've been terrible defensively. We get the number one offense with basically everybody healthy. Yep. Trying to absolutely torch a really an, a non-existent pass rush and an underwhelming secondary. Allen might go for five touchdowns here. It would not surprise me. Nope. But 30 and a half. How do you stop this team? It's a gift. Here you they go. just you they go. have so many guys. I got you something, buddy. Four and touchdowns and a field goal? Sure. Yeah. They score they how do you stop this offense? And then the second half will start. Yeah, I I don't know what Tennessee's supposed to do because defensively they're a mess, but the Bills. Really, really good team. We'll take the over 30 and a half on the team total. By the way, Bills, number one in scoring offense, number one in scoring defense. If you think anybody with the Bills is the best team in the NFL right now, miss me with that shit because it's not even close. I said that three, four weeks ago before they were one in both, but even up to the point, they can even score on defense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like they can really do whatever they want. I think they'll win this game, but I do think it they'll score a lot of points. Yeah. Bills be- Bills do a nice job against the run, and that's how that's how you lose this bet because Tennessee is able to take Derrick Henry and go on nice sustained drives and, and suck the and suck the time and suck the clock. Ain't gonna happen. This Bills team has been very, very good against the run. They've given up hundred yards just one time this season. And that was last week to the Chiefs, where most of it came in garbage time after the game had been decided, where they're playing soft, the Chiefs are running the ball. So this is a good run defense right here. It's a good all-around defense. I think the Bills are going to have plenty of opportunity to score. Give us the Buffalo Bills team total over 30.5 against those Tennessee Titans. That's going to do it for our Monday show. That's going to do it for Bet the Farm. Scott, we've got one more day after this with our with our old format, and then we're going to be changing it up on Wednesday's show. Are you ready? Yep, looking forward to it. Okay, going to be some going to be some fun, but for now, that's going to be it for me and for my partner Scott Reichel. We wish you nothing but the best today. We appreciate you guys checking us out, being part of the show. Good luck on all of your plays. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care everybody.